Dearest listener, welcome to a Bridgerton podcast, a weekly show dissecting the Bridgerton family and the ongoings of the rest of the ton, presented by Mr Ben Butler and the Right Honourable Robbie Christmas. May God have mercy on your souls. Hello and welcome to a Bridgerton podcast and thank you to Lord Down for the intro as always. Robbie, how are you? How's the last week been? I'm good, man. I'm doing really good. I'm not over episodes five and six. Oh yeah? Yeah, I'm not over them. I have to wash my eyes out. Yeah, I normally watch it up on the projector, but you can see the projector from the street in my house, so I decided just to keep it to my laptop screen for these episodes. That was a good idea. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bridgerton aside, uh, you recovered, you're doing okay, dealt oh, yeah. with the... Yeah, I'm doing good, man. The sexual proclivities of our of our characters. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm doing good. You know, the uh, the whole COVID thing is giving me opportunities to spend a lot of time on Netflix and a lot of time mm. working on music and stuff like that. But um, this has been a nice uh, break from the uh, monotony. Yeah, Great. I look forward to these every week. How are you? I'm I'm good. I. Uh... Made an interesting discovery about the house that I'm living in at the moment. Um, Which is? It was actually, it was constructed in the same year that Bridgerton is set in 1813. Unfortunately, it's not as nice as the houses in Bridgerton, uh, and it has no central heating. Uh, but yeah, I have some extra sympathy for some of the characters in the show now who maybe don't have the nicest of houses, because I carry this little like heater around with me. Um, but I'm good. Yeah, I also got my Ethernet cable set up, uh, so I can like record this and look at you and apart from that i'm good um things of the podcast are great it's always nice to see you yeah we're getting more listeners from more countries we have some more countries joining uh joining us which has been fun do we really yeah so last week i was talking about uh colombia and sweden were some of the the more exotic ones we have uh now we have germany australia philippines canada spain greece hong kong israel france indonesia Italy and Finland. That's all me using a VPN. Oh yeah, cool. Well, continue using your VPN and just give us uh, a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, ratings and reviews. That would be helpful. Yeah, reviews would be wonderful. If you're, we're on Apple now. We're on Apple. We Music. are on Apple. Uh, we're on pod- Apple Podcasts now, which is very exciting. I'm really, really happy about that because we, we spent. That was like, you know, you've made it when you're making a yep. podcast and you can see it show up on iTunes. Yeah. I would argue that you know you've made it and you're making a podcast are opposing statements, but um, <laughs> I suppose in the podcast realm, yeah, I think being on, a, being on Apple Podcasts is is the way to go. Although I use Spotify. Spotify is where I get all my podcasts. Yeah, that's what I use too. Okay. Um, well, look, today we're going to focus on episode five and then later in the week we're going to talk about episode six. Um, so episode five, the, the Duke or the Duke and I depending on your pronunciation. Um, Robbie, do you want to talk us through episode five? Yeah. Um, We left off uh, after the duel. We start in with uh, Daphne rushing home early in the morning, jumping into bed, pretending she's asleep. And just in time, she's like pulling like a Ferris Bueller. And uh, one of the servants comes in. And then Daphne pretends that she's awake. Uh, later, it shows uh, Miss Bridgerton, Lady Bridgerton, uh, hungover, 
and one of the servants uh, makes a comment saying, should I fix you up some raw garlic and eggs? I've never heard of that as a cure. Apparently that's a cure. Have you heard of it? Uh, I've had eggs, but not raw. Like, that prompted me to think of um, the guy from Beauty and the Beast, Castellan. Does he do that? He drinks uh, six dozen eggs or something. I think it's in the song. Um, oh, that's right. That's right. I was kind of hoping they would actually start this episode with, uh, like, a very tropey, like, Daphne waking up in bed, like, all shocked, being like, it was all a dream. And then just, and then just starting <laughs> back at episode one again. Yeah. There's some, uh, there's been a change in plans. Daphne is actually engaged to the duke uh, and wants to rush the marriage so um lady bridgerton's happy yeah. for her and says that her and her husband had a hard time controlling their passions <laughs> which is always nice to hear <laughs> from your parents. Hear your parents say something like that like if <laughs> and some reason saying we had trouble controlling our passions is just <laughs> it's more gross than just saying like yeah we used to go at it which is sort of a, a theme sort of a theme of Lady Bridgerton, like, like in avoiding saying like we had sex or explaining what sex is, she just gets way more gross. So um, Prince Frederick visits Daphne and apologizes for misinterpreting her signals and he's he's a class act. He's, he's yeah, he's the one that got away. He's the best. It was funny when like that scene where like the queen like first <laughs> finds out and then like, you know, she goes from like, oh, like planning this wedding to like finds out and then, like, Prince Friedrich comes around the corner, like, obviously just, like, had his, like, cornflakes or something, like, living this, like, perfect little, like, mentally, like, yeah. like I'm a puppy kind of life. And he's just like, yeah. what's going on, folks? Deer <laughs> um, in the headlights. And then, yeah, he's just this absolute king. Well, like, I guess Prince, but, like, king in the sort of, like, you know, Twitter meme, mm -hmm. like, you dropped this king kind of thing of, like, him just being so nice to Daphne and be like, I'm so sorry, I'm really happy for you. And just, like, yeah, I guess it's bad that we're, like, to some degree, like the standards are so low for men in this show that because he's not terrible, <laughs> he's the best guy ever. But I think objectively, he's also like pretty good. He's a great character. I think he's he's a nice guy. He's a good guy. Um, later, we see Lady Danbury. Um, she's dressed up in all purple, and she looks like mm -hmm. she looks like Grimace from the McDonald's, <laughs> the McDonald's <laughs> character, that giant weird purple blo amorphous blob. <laughs> Like, what is... That's a whole nother thing. Like, I don't understand what Grimace is supposed to be. She That's the first thing I thought of. She looks like Grimace. <laughs> and um, uh, so Simon meets Excellent. up with Daphne, clearly drunk, after a long night of drinking. And it cuts straight from, like, Prince Friedrich being, like, so lovely to, like, Simon being, like, late and hungover and, oh, like, refuses God, to take that, Daphne's hand. That was it's... pretty gross. Anyway, Anthony visits Sienna. Mm-hmm. Um, Madame Delacroix tells him to leave. Uh, he tries pushing mm -hmm. his way through the door. Do you remember that? Where he just goes, no, wait. And he just like, he like almost stiffs arm his way through the door. Did you notice that Madame Delacroix, she lives like right beside her store in this like pretty nice house. And maybe I'm just watching this through the prism of like 2020, 2021, like property prices. But even someone who's like not absurdly wealthy like, lives in, like, what looks like a pretty nice house, literally right beside work. I'm like, that's kind of the dream. And then also Will, um, Simon's friend, the boxer, like, he's obviously sort of, like, a working-class guy and lives in, like, what kind of looks like a tenement, but also still looks like an unbelievable yeah, house. if that's their idea of, like, poverty, <laughs> sign me up. Um, Simon and Anthony meet in the church and seemingly make amends, which is great. Um, but 
as soon as mm-hmm. the archbishop comes out, it turns out that he is not granting them an early wedding. It turns out the queen is the reason why. She's upset that uh, Daphne is not um, marrying her um, nephew. Lady Danbury shows up and tells them that they need to go appeal to the queen. They need to go talk to her and say, like, hey, we're sorry, but, like, we are madly in love with each other. So Benedict Mm -hmm. goes back to uh, visit Mr. Granville. And this time, this is, like, a big party. And there's a Mm -hmm. ton of people making out. It is, like, like it's an orgy, really. It is an orgy, yeah. Um, And we'll come back to that because there's some things, things to unpack around that um to be honest there were a couple moments in this episode where i was starting to warm up to lady featherington although i'm not sure why maybe it's because Mm -hmm. i feel bad for her but marina and miss featherington devise a plan to seduce colin bridgerton so that they can sleep together and he thinks that the child that she has is his yeah and to like get him into a speedy marriage kind of like the way what happened marina went from being like a relatable uh character that you rooted for to like yeah mm-hmm. horrible but yeah the people that i was watching it with insisted that you know she's got a kid and like you know she's doing mm-hmm. the best thing she can for herself and her kid uh, uh, okay yeah i i i share those complicated feelings about it because uh, yeah, I had the same um, response as you, and like I could see you like on our call, like having your like hand up and then hand going down in terms of like you know where she dropping off the scale, and I felt the same. But then I was trying to like challenge myself, being like, why do I think it's okay for her to do that? Well, I guess it's a question of like agency or complicity on the other person's side. Like if you go back to the last episode where the like there was the gross old lord who had the soldier's teeth, I was like, oh, I have no issue with Marina doing this to that person because he's presented as sort of a bad person, but I guess he's also presented as someone who like he doesn't care and he knows that like sort of knows the deal and doesn't just wants an error so he gets something out of it. I think what's so villainous, I guess, about like with Colin Bridgerton is that he's this like innocent, lovely, mm-hmm. like nice person. And I think like that's where it gets bad. But then part of me like philosophically was like, oh, like why is it just like because the victim is changing that the act somehow seems like way worse now? It's a really interesting point. So we move along. The queen visits the king mm-hmm. and attempts to talk to him, but appears that he has dementia or Alzheimer's and um, doesn't remember that his daughter actually died a few years ago. And he ends up blaming her and he has a breakdown. That was a really interesting scene because we finally see a very human side of the queen and i felt i really felt for her yeah like you definitely like feel for queen charlotte but at the same time it's like you shouldn't really be ruling like this shouldn't be okay the fact that you can just like hide a king away and like just have this like no it's not even undemocratic because it's not a democracy but like it seems bad that like the king has, as you were saying, like some sort of yep. dementia or some sort of illness yep. and clearly isn't fit to rule. Um, the queen seems more interested in like the ongoings of Lady Whistledown and like 16 year olds. And it's like, who? Like, I know there's a parliament, but to some degree, it's like, oh, like there is a right. constitutional monarchy right, that like right. just is in crisis in the midst of like Napoleonic Wars and the British Empire being like right. quite a like pivotal place. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough to watch. So late at night, Rose and Daphne are in the garden talking and it occurred to me, I don't know if this is something that like 
I'm sure this is something that actually happened, but Rose ends up being assigned to Mm -hmm. Daphne full time. Like, so even when Daphne gets married, Rose is still going to be working for her, correct? Yeah. And my understanding of these worlds is very much based on like shows like Downton Abbey. So I don't think it's super accurate, but my understanding is that (laughs) um, the like ladies will have what's called like a lady maid who like will stay with them kind of throughout their life as sort of their. Right. Um, main person who does like their hair and makeup and kind of uh, almost like a PA to some respects you see this when they're planning the wedding um and then the like lords or gentlemen will have what's called like a valet um it's like a valet but pronounced differently and that person will like uh, dress them and do the same sort of like executive assistant kind of role um yeah so but they, they will stay with you through your life unless you're like I want a new one I want a new one So Simon wakes up after a night of drinking and he's at Will's house and he's in like the tiniest bed in the world that all like, it's like a crib. He wakes (laughs) up in a crib in the corner and they give him breakfast and um, he notices how happy they seem together. Simon and Daphne meet the queen to appeal to her. Daphne starts to make her case, but Simon interrupts her and tells her uh, that they actually were lying the whole time. And he says, I want her to be my wife, which is cool because he finally steps up. So she grants them permission to marry. Mm -hmm. So even though Simon just had this beautiful moment where he's kind of professing his love to her during the wedding reception, some things just kind of seemed off. Sure. And Daphne and Simon aren't talking to each other. It's very weird. Yeah. So Crescinda offers a half-ass apology in hopes that Daphne will remember that she didn't spread the rumor and uh, kept it a secret, which is... Like that's, that's not a bargaining chip. Like, I hope, I hope you'll remember the fact that I didn't ruin your life. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you remember that I could have blackmailed you and I pretty much did, but in the end I didn't have to because you married the person that I didn't want to marry. So congrats. Right. Exactly. Some great advice there from Cressida. Yeah. I know. I say, I keep saying Cressida. That's okay. Like, My notes, man. I spell her name differently every time. <laughs> I think this is the last we'll really see of Cressida, so I think it's okay. Oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, Penelope tells Marina that she can pick any man other than Colin because he's a good man. Man, Marina, man, mm-hmm. she's like turning into like a, a like a mini Miss Mrs. Featherington. Well, like that, that's what I was trying to get at before. I remember yeah. last week when I was kind of like defending Lady Featherington to some degree. It's like you can see how like good people or people who seem good like through pursuing like a certain act or a certain want can become like bad people to be to flip that and be like okay to be critical of other people like penelope seems like pretty fine with the whole ordeal until it comes to the point where it's like oh well now you're gonna like get with the guy that i like that's a good point which like isn't great from her she's um, like i'm okay with you doing this just not to the guy that i'm interested in everybody acts out of their own self-interest in this show yeah and in the world, I guess. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. I am an altruist. <laughs> I never act out of my own self-interest. Even altruism is in self-interest because it makes you feel good. Because you're like, oh, I'm like, you know, I'm doing things for other people. But I don't, I, feel good about I don't feel good. I don't feel good when I help other people. I feel horrible. Well, our usual... I'm probably one of the... I'm the small percentage of people that hate themselves when they do good things for people mm. well normally we do our therapy sessions after the podcast but if you want we can like <laughs> intermingle it now if that's easier i will be charging like my usual rate but we can do a two for one if that is uh did i see you want better help <laughs> i'm no longer licensed in the state of washington 
maybe that's a way we can get better help as a sponsor for our podcast. If I just pretend, if I like fraudulently like sign up to their profile and pretend I'm a therapist, I think that'd be a good way to learn about their platform and get sponsorship. A Bridgerton podcast sponsored by Bridgestone Tires. <laughs> better help. <laughs> what else? What what was our other one? Oh, we had one about your microphone, Rode microphones. Oh, that's right, and Rode microphones. Black Angus steak. <laughs> that one, that, that, that's a new one. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, I, I think BetterHelp would actually fit well. That's like the only, the only like sponsor that isn't a ridiculous proposition for this yeah. podcast. All right, so Colin and Marina um, start kissing. What? Or they're about oh, to yeah, kiss. Yeah. <laughs> I should start making things up. <laughs> So Marina turns into a dragon. <laughs> to be fair, as I'm watching this for the second time, I would sometimes wish that people would turn into dragons. It, it would liven things up a little bit. I love how I start saying things that you're like, wait, what? <laughs> I've watched this twice. You can't get anything by me. <laughs> they they almost start kissing. Mm -hmm. So Marina really wants to just start jumping into it with them. And then he says he can't continue any further because she is a lady. Yeah. And he is a gentleman. Which, as a teenage boy, like fair play to him, like controlling that those hormones is is as impressive move from on his part. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, so he then he actually just says like we should just get married. <laughs> yeah. So during the reception, the queen overhears Eloise accuse Lady Danbury of being Lady Whistledown, mm -hmm. and she's intrigued. She wants to know more, and she ends up hiring Eloise as like her private investigator. Again, I find it so funny that the Queen of England is like, hello random teenager, like I overheard your conversation <laughs> about unmasking the identity of someone who writes a gossip column. I have nothing better to do, so please report to me on at least a weekly basis. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. She's got nothing going on. And right before that, the Queen mentions to Daphne like some like weird comment about like, Oh, well, I guess you'll enjoy your wedding night or something. Oh, that was so weird. See, you have basically like the monarch, or I guess like not not the monarch, but like the like the Queen of England, like yeah, swanning around a wedding reception that like she deliberately got in the way of, uh, you know, to delay it to make them come yeah. to the palace to like, you know, convince her that they should be able to get married. Then comes to the reception, swans around, tells the new teen bride, being like, "Well, I hope you enjoy getting fucked this evening," and then. <laughs> And then propositions another teenage girl to be like, yes, please investigate who this person like. She's all over the place. I I know I know I'm hoping hard about this, and I'm aware that the queen is dealing with I'm sure like a lot of emotional turmoil from her from her husband. But at the same time, like rein it in a little bit. Um, <laughs> I hope you enjoy getting fucked this evening. <laughs> It's so true. She says, you're going to enjoy your honeymoon. And she says, like, well, at least you'll have the honeymoon or something yeah. like that. <laughs> which is which is like such a weird, like, I don't know, sort of like, you know, your aunt in the corner sort of like statement. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, yeah, that's true. It's still super weird and inappropriate. So Benedict runs into Mr. Granville mm -hmm. and is introduced to his wife, who turns out he actually was making out with, maybe had sex with. And doesn't say anything, but you could tell he's like, okay, like what quarter, what sort of situation do you guys have? I think he handles this like a champ in fairness, like, like considering this in the context of like 1813, where, um, you know, homosexuality, if not expressly illegal, was very much, uh, you know, considered immoral and like, like a sin and, and stuff. 
and he takes it very much in his stride, like swans around the reception with this like big like post threesome big dick energy, which I just very much enjoy. <laughs> um, and then when Mr. Granville's obviously like a little worried, being like, "Oh shit, this guy who like you know I was like slowly bringing into this kind of like circle saw me you know having sex with a man, like oh shit." And Benick's like, "What happened? I didn't see anything." Um, and then yeah, it was only thrown because like, "Oh, like I guess I had sex with your wife, so we're cool, I suppose." Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Benedict has always been a, a favorite of mine uh, for name-related and I, I guess other reasons. Um, but I think he was a real, uh, real hero of mine in, in this episode. No, he was a champ for sure. Daphne excuses herself to the other room. She finds herself in a bedroom and she's sitting at the edge of it. And here's another weird Lady Bridgerton moment. Uh, it's <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> Daphne says. She has so many memories in this room and in this bed. And Lady Bridgerton says, you'll make new memories with your husband in this bed. <laughs> and it's like, okay. <laughs> and then like... Thanks, Mom. And then she like tries to give a sex talk, but like it's the weirdest fucking she, sex talk I've ever heard. Like she That was so goddamn funny when she says, you remember those two dogs we had? Yeah. She like starts with like, oh, it's like the rain. And then goes to puppies could figure it out so i guess you can figure it out but like puppies also eat like shit and like that's not like <laughs> like again that's one of these things that lady bridge is like if you just said like so the man puts his penis in the woman's vagina like that is equipping your daughter and also like this was just a sort of like daphne happened to get a little bit like you know overcome at her wedding and went into you know and her, her mom happened to see her like was she not planning to have this like, as shitty as this talk was, like, the fact she wasn't even planning to have this is also, like, I love Lady Bridgerton, like, she's one of my favorites, but, like, really has not prepared her daughters well for, no, like, not at all. what is going to happen. She really, she's had so much time to think about how she's going to give the talk. Yeah. And she botched it. Do you remember when you got the talk? Did you get the talk? I guess we had, like, like, sexual education in schools, I suppose. That's probably where I got, yeah. like, the most kind of blow-by-blow blow description. Um, I would have put that a different way. Yeah, feel free just to, like, cut that together. So just me saying blow-by-blow. Blow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, in school I got blow-by-blow. Blow. Um, <laughs> yeah, we had this, like... Uh, yeah, we had a, a, a bunch of... We had this, like, old video cassette in school that they showed us stuff. This, you know, from, like, the 80s or 90s, I would guess, kind of just... Like, people pointing at, like, human anatomy, even like, this is a penis. Um, like, that kind of stuff. I think by the time my parents were like, hey, do you want to have, like, the sex talk? I was like, I know what sex is. Um, I don't know. Did you have a sort of birds and the bees kind of sit down? I never had a... No, my mom wanted to have that with me at one point because my mom's a nurse. Mm -hmm. And I was like, nah. It, it would have been weird. I didn't I didn't want to... I didn't want to do that. We had a really intense one in, like, my last year of secondary school, we had this nurse come in who, like, specialized in, like, STIs. And basically just showed hmm. us, like, this big, like, slideshow of, like, here's what will happen to your penis if you have sex. And just, like, a bunch of different, like, various genital disorders. And I was like, wow, that is really bad, I think. She just had a slideshow? Just a slideshow of, like... Gruesome-looking genitalia. Oh, that's disgusting. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was better than Lady Bridgerton's, but, like, I don't know. Close call. So, anyway, uh, a carriage arrives to take uh, Simon and Daphne uh, on their honeymoon. Mm -hmm. So they go to an inn, 
And when you see, they make it sound like, oh, we're going to have to crash in an inn. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's, you know, it's, it's like a beautiful inn. They're very uncomfortable still. And uh, they s- kind of have this weird moment where, like, Simon's like, oh, I'm going to go have my own room and you're going to have your own room. Yeah. So they start to argue and set things straight. Turns out he's been avoiding her because he's embarrassed of what he's put her through. Mm-hmm. Which is like, again, kind of fuck boy 101. Yeah. I've been ghosting you because I just was afraid of how strong my feelings were for you. <laughs> like, see, dick. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it turns out Simon professes his love to her and they say that they burn for each other. Yeah. She burns for him. He burns for her. They start to make out. And then Simon says, I want to show you more. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were watching this scene. We saw him take off all of his clothes, but I never saw him take off of his boots. <laughs> so the whole time I was wondering if he was just standing there naked <laughs> with his boots on. Do you know why they didn't show it? Have you ever worn riding boots? No. They are the most difficult things to take off. Oh, my word. Oh, really? Yeah. I've only worn them once. <laughs> like, we were, like, going on this walk and I had to borrow a pair. I didn't have any, like, Wellington boots. And, like... They are great, and I guess sort of like the boy equivalent of like high heels, like you feel like really good in them. Um, but man, like I thought taking off skinny jeans was an ordeal. Taking off boots, I had to have like two people help to like pull them off me. Like <laughs> it is. He calls the servants in while he's just buck naked with his boots on. Oh, we will get to the servants. Uh, and that would not stop him uh, in, in 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 due time. But and so uh so they're hanging out on the bed now and they're they're making out and then simon asks her he says did you touch yourself like we talked about (laughs) so he starts to take off his pants and gets into bed with her and then he says this may hurt a moment yeah it's probably the most english thing i've ever heard this may hurt but yeah that's true (laughs) excuse me this may hurt a moment (laughs) i'll tell you this whole episode man it was it was Especially near the end, it was getting steamy. My Apple Watch was starting to warn me about my heart rate being too high. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's the end of the, ep- of the episode, is that they, Daphne loses her virginity to Simon. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think like we've kind of talked through a lot of the kind of memorable moments, I think, throughout that. Uh, I'm wondering, is there anything else that we didn't touch on, or do you want to go on to heroes and villains? Uh, I'm happy to go on to heroes and villains. Sure. of the episode i think the way that um benedict handled everything with mr granville was pretty uh pretty og mm-hmm. that was pretty cool because especially everything that's at you know at that time like you said that is at risk yeah uh, i thought that was really cool it showed he was very progressive and um compassionate towards that situation uh, other heroes um Penelope, I think Penelope is trying really hard to help Colin. Mm-hmm. Those are my two heroes. Cool. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree with those. Yeah, very much just enjoyed Benedict kind of coming into himself in this episode. I think, which was nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, gotta give props also to Colin for uh, sort of holstering his hormones and uh, doing the right thing. And also, yeah, like you know, we talked about him at the top of the episode, but to come back to Prince Friedrich, really just like good guy you gotta reward that yeah one thing i like had wondered about is what happened to the necklace that prince friedrich gave to daphne because in the previous episode she like runs out to the garden takes off the necklace leaves it on the wall then her and simon go and like 
have like a heavy makeout session. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be like one of those like you know propping up my glasses, being like mm, continuity error. Like where did the deck dice go? Um, <laughs> but I have found myself sort of wondering. Is like I assume this is like a pretty priceless like heirloom that was just sort of like eh, it's fine. Yeah. Um, Who found it? Yeah. Who do you think found it? I would like to think that like a like a servant found it and was just like fuck you guys, I'm retiring. Like yeah, peace out. Hopefully, yeah. uh, Simon's uh, one of Simon's servants. You know the, the guy who had to go and collect the painting. Like, yep. I hope I hope he had a little retirement uh, from that. Would be my would be my hope. Maybe she regifted it. Mm. Maybe Daphne just regifted it to uh, one of the sisters for Christmas or something. Villain of the episode: Miss Featherington and Marina. I think are the main villains in this. Yeah. Now, yes, of course, there's arguments that can be made that. Marina is acting responsibly mm -hmm. because she's looking out for her unborn child. But no, I don't I don't think so. I think if there is a villain in this, it would be Marina or Mrs. Featherington. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think like uh the Marina and Lady Feathering stuff, like definitely like they're the main villains here. Talked a little bit about the Queen just kinda like being a bit of a rogue agent. Um mm -hmm. So some villainous in terms of like neglect of duty, maybe. And also just like general property prices. Like, again, I, I can't help but like look at like Madame Delacroix and Will and people who are like, you know, very much in the sort of like working to like lower middle class and still having these right. unbelievable houses. Um, I can't just like watch it weep and be like, oh, God, like. I'll never be able to have a house as nice as that. <laughs> um, yeah, and no, I, I think yeah, Lady Featherington and Marina would be the sort of like main villains from um, from this episode for me. Well, um, how many episodes are in this season? Eight. Eight. Uh, so yeah, three more um, episode per episode um, breakdowns, and then we'll see from there what what we do. Exactly. If you like the show, give us a good review on iTunes. If you like it and you're listening on Spotify, share it with a friend, mm -hmm. share it on the Instagram feature where you can share to your story. Oh yeah, that's a great one. If you don't like the show, then just tell people... Don't say anything. Just tell people you liked it anyway. We lie all the time. Yeah. Just add one more lie to, to your life. You're living a lie if you don't like <laughs> the show, so <laughs> continue to do so. I think this might be our best best intro. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, hey, I'll, uh, I'll see you later this week. See you, man. Well, there you have it. Another episode of a Bridgerton podcast, simply marvellous as ever. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on your favourite podcast app, and tell a friend. Until next time, ta-ta!